Thanks for downloading this episode of On Comedy Writing. This is the podcast about the business and craft of writing comedy. I'm your host, Alan Johnson, and this is our 10th episode, and our guest this week is Tamara Federici, who has worked on The Daily Show, Chappelle Show, and Important Things with Dimitri Martin. So she's got a vast career in comedy that's really interesting, and it was a real treat to pick her brain for an hour. So here is Tamara Federici. Tamara, thanks for coming by. Well, thanks for having me. That's great. Uh, where are you from originally? I am from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, okay. Uh, when you were when you were a kid, were you getting into comedy back then in North Carolina? Or? Yeah, actually, I yeah, I've always I've always liked comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like the Muppets. Uh, I always liked writing. Um, I started <laughs> my my mom. Um, I dictated a story, and my mom wrote it down before I could write. Oh, how, how old were you? Like, uh, kindergarten. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> do, you ever, do you know what the story is? I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's called The Three Rabbits. And uh, it's a story about them trying to, um, uh, they're trying to get away from a, uh, trying, I think they're trying to get away from a bat. And they get stuck in a hamburger. Oh, and, classic. Um, I almost sent that one to you, and I was like, you stop. Just don't. Because <laughs> my best work, actually. Uh, yeah, but it was super, it was really super fun. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I just always liked, uh, I just always liked comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in high school, were you like uh, writing and performing at all? or? Yes. Uh, I joined a um, improv, I started doing improv in sixth grade. Wow. Um, in the whenever the 80s <laughs> not the 90s but um uh really early on before there was before it was like an improv craze so it was like really not a career path but i was i really loved it so um we i did improv from like sixth grade to 12th grade and we went to like piccolo spoleto and um we, we trained in new york in long form <laughs> like oh wow and we stayed in a um really scary hotel and uh we would do um we would do shows at like we were, it was a nonprofit, so it was sort of like we would do shows at libraries, and we did them mm-hmm. at the women's prison one time. So, wow! In, in, in like high school, in middle school, in middle school, you went to the women's prison to do improv. We did. That's insane. <laughs> it was for the guys. <laughs> it was all right for us. Oh right, yeah. It was. They got catcalled a lot. It was the rest of us uh, were not interested. I can't in. believe they took a middle school improv group to a women's prison. Wow. Was it, were they like a good audience? Were they? <laughs> I think they were a tough audience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think, I yeah, they, they wouldn't go along <laughs> with us many places, but they, I think they were glad to have entertainment, but also yeah. they were just like, you know, they mm-hmm. were they were not going to coddle us. Right. <laughs> Nor should they have, frankly. <laughs> were but, you doing, uh, so it was long form or, or short form? I or think that mix? was, in middle school, that was uh, short form and mm-hmm. High school, I think the last two years it was long form. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot remember. I can't remember. Uh, it was an offshoot of the committee um, was in New York, and they were teaching. And the committee is like the the Del Close. No, that's actually. Okay. Oh no, wait. You know, he. I can't. Uh, this is embarrassing that I don't remember mm-hmm. if he was. He was in the committee. I think uh, so. The I, San Francisco one. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was Second City, but I. Oh, I can't believe I can't. Remember. Uh, look it up. I feel like people are <laughs> look it up uh, at home, guys. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know I'm from the, you know, from IO and stuff, mm-hmm. but I can't, I, the early, early I, I've lost. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, yeah. So that was what I did in high school. Yeah. So, uh, where'd you end up going to college? Uh, I went to UNCG, uh, which is UNC Greensboro. Okay. Um, which is always great for like when people go to like power college, you know, I don't know if the power college is a term, but you know, like a lot of comedy people are from Harvard and Yale right? and they'll be like, Oh, do I know you from Yale or something? They'll be like, no, you and CG (laughs) shake hands. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I, UNCG, uh, was funny because I was super into college. So people who were like sleeping and not going, I was like, guys, what? what are you thinking you gotta get to it's the whole reason we're here we gotta go to school so yeah uh what did you uh, major in um i majored in english okay. uh, i majored in animation oh that's and sure. um uh yeah do you uh do you ever do like animation um i don't i did it a little bit in college mm-hmm. uh with like bolexes before they you had an option to yeah. not do it with bolexes what's a what's a bolex it's like a tiny little um you know like an eight uh a super eight camera oh right yeah it's sort of like that um i i don't i can't remember if it's like 16 millimeter or eight millimeter, okay. but it, it's sort of like your your hand clicking and oh wow and moving you know moving the little armature oh, for I see. like 24 okay. frames a second yeah um so i did i did that really briefly um but i really liked it like mm-hmm. i learned a lot about like czechoslovakian animation and mm-hmm. i really liked that um i can't draw to save my life yeah <laughs> no i drop nubs off for right. hands okay so yeah <laughs> uh so were you doing uh improv there or was there no improv um no i wasn't mm-hmm. i wasn't doing that i was mostly like i was a, uh i think i was mostly writing yeah. um yeah, so I was like learning about short stories and stuff like that. And I always liked writing scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other stuff <laughs> I did right. in college. But so uh, after college, did you go directly to Chicago or? Yeah, yeah. I made a beeline for nice. Chicago. Um, I had met Sharna Halpern at, uh, uh, and my future roommate, Pat Shea, who, uh, in uh, Colorado. She did like a one-off workshop in Colorado um, when it was still really a small place, mm-hmm. like it would have been like night. I think it was 1993 that she did that. And I moved early 1995, uh, or 94 to Chicago. And, um, I was just, I loved, like, I love long form. And I really Mm -hmm. just, I thought that's what I was going to do is like, my dream was to be on a house Mm -hmm. team in Chicago at IO. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, when you met Sharna, how'd you meet Sharna? Um, just going to that workshop. It was oh, okay. really, so yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't even in Chicago. It was like really far away on the West coast for somebody mm-hmm. in North Carolina. But, um, my mom and I drove cross country and went, um, so that's where we met. And then she's, she was like, oh, I'll put you on a team if you come to Chicago. <laughs> so I moved to Chicago knowing only like two people and Sharna. Yeah. So you, when you get there, you just immediately start taking classes yeah, I mm-hmm. did the whole thing about, you know, like when you just get really, you're just full on. Right. Uh, it's the perfect thing to do right after college mm-hmm. for um, just, you know, keeping a social group and really just like following. I mean, like for really wanting to do comedy, that's like the perfect place to be. Um, so I was, yeah, I was like doing for, you know, 
tons of classes and being on team, you know, lots of teams and, you know, the whole getting into the whole like dogma of all that stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, so that was great. And, you know, you like you move. It's just like here, I feel like uh, where you move close to the theater, mm-hmm. you take classes at the theater and then you have like weird jobs. Mm-hmm. And, right. <laughs> right. And then you're like, I don't want to be on a million teams. This is a joke. I'm not. I won't do this. I'll only be on three teams. And then, you know, eventually you figure out which path you're going to go. Right. So while you're doing improv there, well, I guess first you, you had Del Close as a teacher, right? I did. Well, what was, uh, what was he like? He was, re- he's really cool. Um, and he really teaches it like, um, a, like a happening and like, uh, an art form. Um, and that was a really cool way to learn the form as not like a joke, you know, not a vehicle for jokes, but as like, uh, a vehicle for, you know, art, like the whole truth and comedy uh, thing was really brought home there. I feel like uh, we got, you were not really doing it because it was going to be a direct career path anywhere. You were just doing it because you were like, this is a kind of amazing and cool and it makes me feel great. And um, doing it well is really so much fun. Uh, when you were doing improv, like in the early years, were you uh, still writing? Um, yeah, I think I was always writing, but the funny thing about that time was in Chicago and this is when there were only like, uh, you know, there's only three theaters there. There were, there was the annoyance, there was, uh, IO and there was second city. So those are, you were going to go to one of those three places or all of those three places, or that's it. There wasn't any place else in the U S that was, Mm -hmm. um, no, that's not true. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, like there would, there would have been a couple other schools. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry about that other schools. Uh, (laughs) but, um, but in Chicago, that's where you would have gone. So none of those places stressed writing at the time. It was kind of mm-hmm. like a purist, like we don't want to write anything down. And that's my, that was my strength. And I knew that overacting is like I have four emotions. <laughs> and so <laughs> once those are used up, you know, um, I'm just better at it. So I, I was writing, but I wouldn't say that it was particularly like um, prized at the time. Oh, so you were, were you writing um, sketches then? Yeah. Okay, so, but there wasn't really a place to, I guess they weren't, were they even taught, were they even teaching sketch writing classes at all? No. No? <laughs> you know, they might have had Second City. I didn't mm-hmm. do Second City's classes. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other two, they weren't really. You could take like uh, monologue writing or solo show writing or something like that, but you wouldn't, it, they wouldn't have, I mean, the whole class culture came along a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like, come on, why didn't you guys have that? <laughs> like, it's fun <laughs> figuring stuff out, but it was like, um, yeah. So you were just probably making your own sketch groups mm-hmm. and then do, putting up shows. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you have any, like, uh, well, did you, how far did you get with improv? Like, were you on teams at the theater or? Yeah, I, um, I was on teams for about four and a half years. Okay. Um, I think I sat in with some house teams, but I did not get that house dream mm-hmm. dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sort of, uh, I liked rehearsing more than I liked performing. Oh, interesting. And, uh, I think when there were people that were just into the show, um, like, I don't know if stunt performing is a, you know, it, they were showboaters. And so oh, once there were enough showboaters, that made it, uh, less fun, even though that wasn't, you know, primarily why I left, but it just became a thing where I, I wanted to write more and that wasn't really, there wasn't an avenue to do that. And, um, I started looking at New York and I kind of knew I wanted to do TV writing at that point. 
why, why do you think you liked uh, rehearsing more than performing? Was it just because of the, the showboats and the groups? or? Um, I really like groups. I mean, for as much as I write by myself now, I um, mm-hmm. I really like groups. And I think I was really into the creative aspect of it. Um, I think now, I mean, this is interesting. I don't, I haven't done improv. I haven't done improv or long form in a long time. Like I'll be the Armando at, uh, IO West sometimes, but I enjoy being the storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Uh, sorry, I lost my train of so, thought. What were we, what were we talking about? Uh, I guess why you liked, I, I, it was just the, why you liked rehearsing more. Why I like rehearsing. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think I just was really not, I was really into what we were making. So me, I always liked making people laugh. And I always, I remember specifically like early on in fifth grade, like when you make people laugh, like uh, the reaction you get, like even if you, um, like as a fifth grader, I could, I could, you know, bring up pop culture names and get a laugh from adults. So I wouldn't even know who the people were. But however I was saying it and whatever I was saying with it could make people laugh. And I that was a pretty powerful thing. Mm. But I think later, I think I like the art of it right. instead. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So uh, at this point, you've been in Chicago for like five years. And then you make the decision to move to New York. So when you do that, like, uh, what did you like know was out there for you? Uh I don't think I do it that way. Mm-hmm. I just kind of intuitively, I'm yeah. like, this isn't, it's time to leave. This mm-hmm. is the next place to move. And I kind of just trust that it's going to work. Like I might have a sense that there's something going on, but really it's just like, it just feels like the next place. Mm-hmm. Like it's like apartments to me where it's like, yeah. you're kind of done with one apartment and you're kind of restless and you know, you need to move <laughs> and you kind of done, you, you kind of topped out at this last place. I guess not apartment wise, but city wise, <laughs> you know, uh, art, arts, art wise. You kind of topped out in one city, so you're kind of like looking at the next one. So that's more how mm-hmm. I do it. So when you get to New York, what's like the what's like your plan when you get there? Like what are you trying to do? Um, when I got to New York, I think it was 2000 or it was 1999, um, and I gave myself a month to get everything figured out, and I was sleeping on friends' couches, and. Um, UCB didn't exist as a theater there yet, um, but they did have the third season of the TV show was there. So that was my very first job was Armando Diaz was, um, he was my coach in Chicago. And then uh, he, he, you know, kind of got me an entry into um, at least applying for a job on the show, which turned out to be extras casting, oh, uh, nice. which is, <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was hilarious. You know, like, of course you want to be a writer right away. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, you've been writing and doing improv, uh, but it wasn't, that's not how it works, but, uh, or worked there. But, um, yeah. So I was like, he called me and I found an apartment in the same week on the 22nd of October, right. uh, when I had about eight days left to figure it out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that fell into play. That was a great week. Mm-hmm. So when you were, so you were an extra in the the UCB. Oh no, I did the extras casting. Oh, you did the extras casting. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So do you like? Uh, I don't know. Like, what do you remember from like that time on that work working on that show for that? I guess it was that was the last season of it, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. I just remember it was like this is the right. This seems like the right place to be. Mm-hmm. And below us was um. It was at the studio called Gun for Hire and like uh, Manhattan and um. 
Strangers with Candy was shooting below us. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was really, um, it was really seemed like a, you know, and it was for Comedy Central. So mm-hmm. it seemed like a great first step. And uh, I don't know. I remember a lot about it, yeah. <laughs> but what should I, uh, anything in, in particular? I don't know. Okay. That's a lot of uh, Chicago people all kind of uh, going, migrating there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And those guys were a little bit, those guys had been in Chicago and then moved sort of like a little bit after I got into Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really, I didn't really know any of them. Um, like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler had a show, a two person show that I had reported on in this, uh, yeah. in this, um, arts newspaper called performing that I worked for. Mm-hmm. So I knew them f- just from that, but not, but not like socially really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So at the third season, uh, I met, I, I think the production company I met, I met there, I continue to work with like the whole time I was there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I remember the blowjob dolphin, (laughs) you know, like I just, um, I just remember being, it was a really weird environment and that's like, and working on sketch shows continued to be like how, how I worked in New York. So, um, I don't know, particular story. I'm I'm trying to come up with a particular story, but, uh, so when that show ends, uh, do you start like going to the UCB theater at all? Cause I think that was starting to open like right after the show. I didn't. Uh-huh. I, I was, I'm like the only person who was like, you know what? Doing improv at this point is bad for your career. You should not, you know, the oh, only really? thing you should do is not mix writing and improv. You should just go the writing route, uh-huh. which was like, you know, it turned out that was a great place to go for, mm-hmm. you know, launching comedy careers. But it, I just was like, um, I really wanted to write for TV. Right, right. So, uh, and New York is, I think it was a little, I don't know. It, it was a strange situation to fit back into because I really liked my Chicago group and this was a little different in New York. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what, what's your next move after the, the UCB show is done? Oh, let's see. I, uh, <laughs> really, <laughs> I should skip ahead to the comedy ones, but the, the weird one was like the, right after that I was working for, um, this terrible show called Madigan Men for ABC. Okay. And it's the only time I think I've worked for a net for a major network. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it taught me a lot about, it taught me all the opposite things that UCB was where you could do anything. It was mm-hmm. very, um, you know, um, homemade, uh, super funny across the board. You know, like you could do any type of material. Um, this was very much like a family friendly, um, right after TGIF or something. Okay, yeah. And then, it was Gabriel Byrne and three generations of architects and then watching, uh, right. You know, watching this thing fail basically. <laughs> uh, and it didn't, it wasn't funny to me and it wasn't, you know, like I would spend at that point, I, I was faxing stuff into SNL, okay. faxing jokes, um, where they send you the setup and then you just like, you're trying to get on, you're trying to get on the farm team kind mm-hmm. of, uh, and I would send it out, um, and then at this, you know, in between while I'm sitting at my desk doing stuff, I was a coordinator, a product production coordinator mm-hmm. um and then uh i would get their scripts and i would actually rewrite them for myself <laughs> because it just made me feel bad like the scripts made me feel bad because they were bad and um <laughs> just for me <laughs> i would do that it's such like that's such a snotty thing to do and just so like but I, it made me feel like i liked doing that and i felt like i made them better yeah and then I, you can't show them to right. anybody because you can't <laughs> You can't even get caught with them, but so so that was a sitcom with 
Gabriel Byrne about three generations of architects. We've already spoken too that much about it. Like a terrible <laughs> idea. It he, does. He doesn't seem like he would be able to do comedy very well. You are right. Okay. Um, He's a great actor otherwise. Yes. <laughs> it's weird that he did that sitcom for ABC. <laughs> yeah. That's strange. <laughs> he, at the end of it, he said, um, he goes, well, before I did this show, I didn't know what a sitcom was. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so when you faxing jokes to SNL, did you, were you invited to do that or were you just, uh, like, I know a lot of people, I don't know how it works. I know it works now that you have to get invited to do that, but back then I guess it was kind of more. No, I think you had to get invited uh-huh. still then. Uh, I think, uh, I think Tina Fey was the one who did that. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah. So that was the beginning. And, uh, I worked really hard on them and then mm. I found out that they hadn't been like, they hadn't gotten some of them. Oh, no. Um, cause they, I think I got cut from it and then I was like, Hey, what happened? And then they were like, well, we haven't seen anything from you. And it was like, I had been pouring over, like, you know, writing these jokes and these setups and all that stuff. And it was just like, that was like, oh, what? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, that was a great tool. I mean, the thing that I learned from that was you're always going to be stealing time to do writing and comedy writing. And you're going to have to find the places in between your regular job or at night or in the morning to just kind of wedge it in there mm-hmm. sometimes. And that it's no fun and uh you're just gonna learn how to deliver so it was a great it was a great tool for learning to produce under uh secret pressure (laughs) and also like just how it's gonna be Mm -hmm. so these were just for weekend update like uh yeah that was just for weekend and yeah tina fey was the anchor at that point i think she was the head right it was before she was the anchor i think she was the colin quinn maybe I, I think it was after that. Uh, I don't remember who the, uh-huh. I don't remember who it was. Okay, so did you ever did you ever get a joke on on air? I didn't. No. I think the thing at the time was you get one joke on air and you get a hundred bucks or something. Oh, okay. Um, but it's it's you know like it's like I'm sure people are know it's sort of like you're up against all of the staff writers uh-huh. and you're you're a person who's faxing and so it has to be something that they're not going to think of right and that's different enough that it's not their joke already right. I'm sure that's so difficult even like today you probably more difficult with twitter because there's like so many takes on everything yeah but, yeah and more outlets for jokes right and, you know. yeah i mean that's what you're saying but. uh so your production coordinator and madigan men gets <laughs> this is it gets so, canceled let's forget that part everybody <laughs> collectively forget that <laughs> he said that so the show gets canceled right after like one season it does mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah and then is that when you go to the Daily Show? Uh, that would have been around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it was, I was 26 when I went to uh, for the Daily Show. And um, what should I tell you about that? Uh, how, did, how, how did you get hired? How did I get hired? Well, I had a special role on that show, which was uh, I, um, most everybody is like a staff writer on that show and they're there forever and years and years and years. I got brought in. I was on their shortlist and then from applying um, and the way I knew about applying was I had a friend um, in Chicago from Chicago uh, that gave me the the specs for it and then I just wrote a submission um, and she handed in it which is you know still the way a great way to get you know your material noticed for late night but um, she uh, uh, basically they were like you're on our shortlist and we like you um, and I said, is there anything else they can do? And um, Ben Carlin was the head writer at the time. And he said, well, 
we don't ever do this, but you could, uh, yeah, because we don't ever do this, but um, you could push us this third act idea, but we never really <laughs> take them from outsiders. So to me, all I hear is, uh, we take third act, so you know, we take third act pitches, and so um, yeah, I wrote a, I wrote up some, and then can you explain what what a third act pitch is? Um, I think at the time it was something that would have been at the end of the show, mm-hmm. that was a different piece from headlines or a different piece from uh, the correspondence, what right. the correspondence is going on, mm-hmm. anything else. Um, so like, I guess like Steven versus Steven or something would mm-hmm. be like third act. But, uh, so yeah, so I went in and I pitched him a couple and then he picked one, uh, and we kind of like reformatted it to what, the, you know, like what they were interested in and what I was pitching. And then I would actually go home, um, tape stuff off the TV with, in the, on a VCR, um, yeah. bring it in. Then they would show that footage, um, on the air. So wow. it's something that they would know. I mean, you have DVRs and all this stuff for that now, but I would go home, come in with this footage and then pitch around that topic. And they would put me with somebody who was on the staff. Um, so I worked with Alison Silverman and J.R. Havlin sort of separately um, on different, uh, they gave me a segment called, or I guess I, I co-created a segment called Ion News. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, I, I, this is, I was not in the room for this, but apparently it was going to be for Steve Carell, but, um, John Stewart said he liked it so much that he wanted oh, to do it. Well, there you go. So it turned out to be him doing it and he built an opening and whatever. And so it was sort of like the beginning of when, um, they were really interested in the 24 hour news cycle and also overblown stories. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of about, you know, taking, um, taking overblown news story and seeing how different media outlets, uh, handled it, which mm-hmm. is a lot of what, I mean, which is, I mean, I didn't. That's I was gonna the, say I watched the clip. That's like what the Daily Show became was right. like just like talking about the media. Yeah, which is was like their like hallmark, which is like what set them out like differently than other stuff. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so wait, uh, going back, you so you were you just watching the news like constantly trying to find like yes the funny moment. Yes, that's insane. and you had to catch it. You you know like you had to catch it. You didn't have the internet to be able to clip oh, off that's of right. either. So you were just recording everything too. Yep, on wow. my really crappy VCR. That's that's crazy. Um. Yeah, so that was really so that was a weird way to go into the Daily Show, and yeah. then to come in and you'd you'd come in like separately. There wasn't really a format to have a freelancer, so I would just come in and sort of stay for the day or the week or whatever, and put up this piece. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so that was kind of a crazy way was to like get you know I he would give me you know like I think the first one he gave me notes directly, and it was just like okay, well I'll insert you know like it was <laughs> that was such a weird that was my first writing credit, mm-hmm. my first TV credit. Um, and, uh, that's such a weird thing to be like, you're getting notes from Jon Stewart and you're pitching him and the head writer in a, you know, in a room, um, and convincing them of stuff. Like it's a weird, uh, and that was also the very first packet I ever did. So it was like, so what, what went into the packet? Um, I think it was three headlines mm-hmm. and, um, three headlines that were maybe like one to three paragraphs or five jokes or mm-hmm. something like that. And. So when you say a headline, that was like, the, like when they break down, like this the ace, like the first segment. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, those were fun and stuff. But mm-hmm. that from there was when it was like you could pitch these third act things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So so anything after that was gonna be like you know packet two through ten. <laughs> we're gonna be like, wait a minute, this isn't <laughs> this isn't getting having your own segment on the Daily Show. <laughs> like yeah. So it was sort of a weird, ex- you know, like uh, it was a weird experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you know, so when you pitched to them, 
you didn't know that they were looking for 24-hour news cycle stuff. No. Uh, and they probably married that with something that I was, whatever I had pitched with it. Right, right. So we probably we came up with that all, you know, with mm-hmm. something that they wanted ver- and something that I was bringing in. So we mm-hmm. kind of put everything together. It's crazy how relevant that is today because it's kind of, it's led to like, you know, this whole new presidency and everything is kind of part of the 24-hour news cycle. And then That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it really is like it's it's really funny too and a lot of times like i started i started studying the news in like high school and like making jokes off of time magazine stuff and whatever but i find that like i started learning um i started learning the news to be on things like daily show or whatever or topical comedy because i wanted to write jokes like i actually become more informed on things because i I actually educate myself to be able to make jokes about it later Mm -hmm. um instead of the normal person way right right (laughs) So, uh, what was it like working in that writer's room? Different than, uh, different than, um, people will tell you being staff writers on that thing because mine was completely like you're in the office with them, but they're sort of off on the side. So it wasn't like, it wouldn't be in the, um, I wouldn't be in like the 10 person room where everybody's pitching jokes together or where you're, you're having to send in jokes. Cause I didn't, I didn't do the jokes on the show. Um, so yeah, I just did that one segment. So it looked and uh, it was weird to me. That I, I well, oh yeah, okay, I started. So um, yeah, it was just odd that I never was full time there because mm-hmm. um, I, after that I had to do I did another packet and I didn't get the job and I felt like well, what do I have to do to write for your show except write for your show right, <laughs> already? Right. So it was sort of an odd thing of being like I I thought I proved it right, by right. already having a piece on and mm-hmm. so that's frustrating but you know like uh entertainment is weird <laughs> so yeah i mean i mean you had your own segment so i mean that's that's crazy not many people ever get to do that yeah that was fun <laughs> yeah. i and i totally thought i was like oh you know you like you think it's gonna be a direct uh right yeah something else mm-hmm. so it was fun i mean i specific i really remember like that first uh uh, just like after watching, you know, like I got, I got to see a tape and, um, just like the experience of like walking out after that was really like, <laughs> I like yeah. sat in a diner by myself and ate like, I don't know. I don't know what I appropriate food, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, it was pretty surreal. It was great. So how often would you, would you work on that segment? I think we did. I mean, we didn't do that many. We did like five. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would, it was also like comparative. So it was like, y- you know, like you're you're compiling a lot of stuff before you come in. So it's sort of like you're talking about the development of it before it's actually happening. And then you're showing up for like a week or maybe you're coming back for a second week or something mm-hmm. like that. So it was really like, I think I saw trying to figure out how to have somebody who wasn't, you know, have somebody coming in and doing that mm-hmm. um so yeah it was sort of like a lot of behind the scenes times in rewriting and then showing up to do that was a little bit shorter so did you mostly work alone on that or was like were like the head writer and like john stewart involved uh they were both involved yeah. um but then they would pair me with the with the, another writer on the show oh, i see okay. so i the, the house style mm-hmm. so that you would have that that going in mm-hmm. um and uh, when you when you say house style, what what do you mean by that? Like, how, like oh, is there a specific house style that they have that would have been different than the way you would have done it? 
Well, I would tell you no, but, uh, okay. but then, you know, of course working on a, sh you know, like when you're working on a show, you, you can, you know, like when you're looking at spec scripts or something right. and somebody's on that show, they'd be like, oh, well, this doesn't sound like this at all. And you'd be like, it sounds exactly like it. So mm -hmm. it's the difference between somebody I who's see. there, you know, just plugging away for years. Mm -hmm. Um, and in J.R. Havlin's case, he was there before Jon Stewart and like oh, has, was right. there for like 18 years or something. So, so like those guys really had this, you know, like, mm -hmm. so if I, I did have something that wasn't going to be right it, they were you know we were working together to to make it happen mm -hmm. when, when you came to the show was the daily show was like just it was like right before it became like a really big thing right yeah it was really early it was like 2001 2002 mm -hmm. so, so it's really you know uh yeah it was really a while ago yeah. and i and i took my name off of imdb dumbly from that show um so uh yeah just because mm -hmm. they were looking for num numbers of women that they wanted to see how many women had been working on that show. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't a full-time writer on that show. So mm -hmm. I actually was like, I don't want to be counted in that number right? because that's not true. Mm -hmm. um, but that turned out to be so dumb. I should have just left it. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could leave it. I guess I could put it up, but it's sort of like, uh, hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so what did you, what did you learn from doing the daily show? If anything? <laughs> oh yeah. I learned a ton. Um, yeah, I learned a lot from, I, I learned when your name is on the show, uh, it's a different game than if you're working on a sketch show, mm -hmm. um, which was like a group of people that there's really, that the host is going to take a, a real, you know, that they're, it's, that's their baby and they're really going to have, um, you know, authorship over that. And that's been true on like, um, I guess it's true. You know, that was true on Chappelle show. That was true for anything else. Even, uh, yeah. Important things with Dimitri Martin. So Dimitri's, you know, like mm -hmm. all of those people where their names are on it, mm -hmm. it becomes a different thing, I think. Um, because you know, I think if it, you just, it seems like there's a bigger responsibility. Um, you know, what else did I learn? Learned good timing. I learned, Hmm. hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think I learned stress, trying stress management because that <laughs> yeah. was such a big deal to right. like all of a sudden you're there and then this is your, you know, like you're pitching to, um, you know, John, John Stern and Ben. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, how do you manage? That is part of the game is like, how do you manage the uh, the stress of that? Right. And, you know, everything was new to me mm -hmm. on that show. Uh, have you have you been watching the current iteration of The Daily Show? A little bit, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on that? You can say no comment or you can oh, say... Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... And, and also, I haven't... Like, post-Trump, I haven't seen it a, yeah. a lot, so I don't know how it's changed. Um, it just seems like different points of view. Right. Like, Trevor Norris has has a world a worldview and a different sensibility coming in, mm -hmm. um, so he's going to take it from a different point of view, and I, I feel like uh, viewers... I think that would be a tough fit to uh, try to act like you had been in a, you know involved in american politics since you were young right. or something and that you have that background mm -hmm. and i think uh i think it's interesting um yeah i don't know it is a different show and so much uh, yeah it's weird because i remember uh i watched the first episode i mean i've watched a couple of episodes but i remember vividly watching the first episode and thinking this is kind of the same format and it's actually like pretty it works pretty well still uh he threw a couple like emoji jokes which were you know i thought maybe that's oh that's kind of how it's gonna be he's gonna be a little bit hipper i guess and younger uh but then i think it's i i actually went to a taping like a year ago or so and it's i i feel like it's just kind of turned into like a less serious show 
maybe. Yeah, and I think that's like that's the reflection of the host too. Is that yeah, his? Which, yeah. um, you know, I think he has different. I, I think he has a, a lot of interests and stuff. And I wish, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's. I I'm curious about the format of that show. If it could have been, um, you know, made to serve Trevor Noah uh, in a way yeah, that like um, brings mm-hmm. out you know the stuff that he already already knew going in like right. you know his stand-up specials are super funny mm-hmm. um so and also not to say his current thing you know the current show isn't funny but it is like it's a different thing so i think it's hard to jump into somebody else's format mm-hmm. um just on the whole especially because you know that the whole you know the daily show is just john stewart right. <laughs> so it is like it's right. really hard to separate out yeah um it's crazy to think that craig kilborn was there before him yeah so that was, I, i've never seen an epi- i've never like seen a clip of it craig kilborn but it's been way different no yeah no obviously <laughs> i have not ne- i didn't i have never met him okay <laughs> so yeah. uh so uh after the daily show you go is it do you go straight to Chappelle show or is there some break between then or i can't remember you know uh somebody uh, actually yesterday i was talking to a friend um who's uh, a, a pianist and he was like so you just comedy central just retains you and you go from job to job and it's like that right and i was like no oh, that'd be awesome for yeah. some people right that'd be great yeah. um and sometimes you don't know that yourself like starting out but it is like job to job so right. uh there's it's so uh binge and purge um but yeah uh, soon yeah i definitely done the daily show before Chappelle show i think i had done Maybe I had done like a Tracy Morgan special or something like that. Or oh, as like something. a oh, actually, as like I would have been a script coordinator for that. Mm-hmm. That's the frustrating thing of like you yeah. write you write one thing and then you're like it's gonna happen, uh-huh. and then you're still you know you're back doing other things. And right, stuff. So right. That could have happened. Yeah. So then, yeah, Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Oh. So how'd you get involved? How'd you get involved with the uh, Chappelle show? Um, the company that that's put on UCB. Uh, the TV show was doing Chappelle show. So I knew that it was happening. Um, and somehow in those Madigan men days that were not, that nobody will speak of again. Um, I started turning into a kind of a producer person, which is not my personality at all. And no one, yeah, it's just not my strength. Um, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to do it. So I was, I actually was applying for writer's assistance jobs, uh, at Chappelle. Um, and I, like, I beat out 10 other people. And then I, like, I met, I met Neil. I think I met Dave after I got the job. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, real quick, going back, cause you said that you were kind of, uh, becoming more of a producer person. I know a lot of people, uh, especially when they come out to LA, they kind of wonder like getting a writing gig is like so hard, but I could probably work my way in a different way into the industry. Like doing that do you think that's like a good idea to like like become like a i know somebody who like works at like buzzfeed as like a producer type but they want to write and so they kind of wonder if i should if they should stay there or should leave i don't know what your thoughts on that are uh my thoughts are there are no straight paths right um every everybody has a complete i mean you probably know this from from this show is that everybody has a completely different story right yeah. where things don't you know like uh, things don't match up as into like, and then I became, you yeah. know, like, you're like, what? Uh, so I don't think there's one way to do it. Um, but it really stresses people out. I find, mm-hmm. uh, because they, I don't know. Like, so I, I, you know, writing students and they're like, 
well, what should I do? Should I be on Twitter? And it's like, well, do you like Twitter? Are you good at Twitter? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, <laughs> then it's not too, I mean, like you could choose, but, um, yeah, my thought is there's, it's just so, uh, you know, I probably have opinions if it's a specific scenario, but like writing, being a writing assistant paid off for one of my friends. Um, and he ended up writing on the daily show. And then sometimes it doesn't lead anywhere. Sometimes you're stuck as a writer's assistant forever. Um, I really don't know. It just seems to be what falls together is, mm-hmm. is my take. Um, what do other people say? Uh, I don't I, I think that's kind of a, a, the general answer. Yeah, I think that's a good answer. <laughs> cool. <Yeah>. Excellent. <laughs> I think that's good. Uh, that, that, was a, that was the first good answer you've given today. <laughs> Great work. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so you, you had met Neil Brennan, the co-creator of Chappelle Show, before you applied? Um, or after you applied? uh in the interview process in the interview i didn't process. know i didn't know him beforehand mm-hmm. um yeah and uh <laughs> i would say this uh so i was up for a little bit later i was up for um colbert report and uh so i was meeting with um colbert and the three other main people on the show and um both of those interviews like neil brennan and that interview they're super fun but they're also like um they're interviews to see to see just see how you're doing in the room so it's like a thing if you come in and you're not loose, um, I, you know, like I, it that's part of the that's part of what you're being interviewed for. Right. So I think I think Neil started in like the middle of a sentence or something when I met him. <laughs> so it's sort of like you just had to pick up from the middle of a sentence and go, <laughs> and then it was. I think it was like so that's how that went or something, and that was like I don't think we had a hello or I'm not I don't remember. Um, I think it's the only time I wore a skirt that year too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that like a lucky skirt then in the end? <laughs> so it paid off. Yeah. I love the idea that there's yeah. a lucky skirt. Yeah. <laughs> Better wear my lucky skirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I met Neil. Um, and then, um, yeah, I didn't hear back for a little while. And then, uh, because they didn't have oh and then I met Dave and he was just lovely from the start was just really great I like went up and introduced myself he was super cool and um it's just super cool Mm -hmm. um friendly um what was I gonna tell you oh yeah uh so I started as that I got the job as a writer's assistant but really it was the two of them so what happened was they didn't need a writer's assistant and I became the script coordinator because they didn't have one of those um and I didn't know how to do that uh, I don't think no yeah maybe I, I don't think I know how to do that in a series way like as in for a complete series but you figure it out like in two days honestly yeah. like from looking I mean that's just to say like if <laughs> you can that job is pretty you know it's detailed but it is like you can you can figure it out and so I did that uh so so what is a script coordinator a script coordinator is <laughs> you are uh, you're distributing all the scripts. You're making sure everybody has them in every department. You're also probably uh, getting stuff from the writers to, um, you know, getting notes, put inputting them. Um, on this show, I mean, like, it, I, there's probably like you know five people right. or something in a script, and I was doing all of it. So this these, this also might be segmented out in larger shows. Um, you'd be inserting notes, um, but really those guys are really self-sufficient. So it was sort of like they would come with the notes already in them. Um, sure there's other stuff yeah you have just different drafts mm-hmm. so you're, you're making sure you don't mess up your drafts and everybody's got them and flagging them um mm, and talking to the departments making sure you're inputting everything so everybody's looking at the same information mm-hmm. um yeah then it turned out that i knew 
too much about this show. So it was just sort of like I ended up becoming an associate producer because I was the first person to see the scripts and then I would be like the last person to see the uh, finished product sort of at the end, um, just sort of spot checking. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you have two people who are running a show, um, it'll it, it would, the production naturally buckled because they're also writing on top of, you know, Dave is starring in it. Neil is often editing and, you know, the productions work so fast, but usually there's a lot of people involved. So um, it sort of became a thing where I, you know, you needed to kind of like shout out what was changing so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just became, and also I loved being there. So it was like, that was a perfect, a perfect fit. So when you got there, did you have, I mean, you probably had no idea this would become like one of the most like celebrated sketch shows ever. I knew it. No, I I, you know, I knew I, that I was in the, I knew that I loved what was happening. Right. I didn't know you were in like a little bubble. So it was like, you know, it's good comedy. Like you just know it. And so that was a cool place to be. I didn't, I had no idea. Yeah. The reaction of it, um, at all. That was, it was really weird to have it out with other people seeing Mm -hmm. it, I think. Uh, so yeah, what was the writer's room like uh, at Chappelle's? I don't know. Oh, because you, yeah. Because it was the two, those two guys. I can tell you what, like, revision, I mean, um, table reads and revisions mm-hmm. and stuff, but really, uh, those guys would go off and write by themselves, and it was just the two of them, and that was sort of their time. Oh, I thought, oh, it was just the two of them? Yeah. Um, oh. I thought the, like, the other guys, like... Uh... Oh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, that was weirder, because... Uh, yeah, it gets into, yeah. on my, I mean, on okay. my end, uh, it gets gray, it's grayer because um, they would only, they only had, let's see how to describe it. Uh, I, it's possible for WGA reasons or something, but they, yeah. they, was for, they would buy other ideas. Not very often, but they would I buy, see. so they wouldn't buy whole sketches. They would buy ideas and then write them. So, but that was only literally like five or six times. Mm-hmm. But um, Brian Tucker, who's the other, was might be the other writer that you're thinking of. So he actually did. He was writing things, and they were doing, um, you know, he was doing those things, and that did get br- brought in as the end. I always think of it in terms of just those two because that's who that's who I worked with, and I don't know what the, I wasn't really in on that. The rest of what was, what that was. Mm-hmm. So, but right. So that's why it's like, I would be like, oh, there's two. And you'd be like, oh, no, there's this other guy. Mm-hmm. But that one I don't, I'm not as in, informed about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they would just go off by themselves and mm-hmm. then just, that's crazy. Yeah. And they would just, yeah. I can, I can tell you one where it was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the, uh, when it was just to illustrate how much they, I don't know. Um, I have been like tasked with, um, getting scripts from dave i was like well can you ask him where they are and it was like oh man this is a fool's errand to like be like asking your boss where you're you know hey where's the sketch do you happen to have them can we you know like can we see him and uh (laughs) it's like i i talked to him and it's finally like we're talking on the phone and i said um hey so um you know michelle's wondering if you happen to have had a chance to um do scripts and he's like, oh, no, Federico. I was hanging out with Prince <laughs> last night. <laughs> it's just like. Wow. That was the thing where, like, just like I did now where I, like, cl- like clutching my forehead. I was just like, 
it's so like it was like this is true and this is the most awesome answer i've ever heard in my life <laughs> as a reason to you know like it was just like and that's real right <laughs> it's like i was like okay, okay. like what it's, it's cool and great but it was like wow wow <laughs> wow yeah there's just like this is the craziest people that were like like cameo in that show i don't think prince ever cameoed but like uh like wayne brady that's like the classic uh mm-hmm. the classic sketch where wayne brady has to kill a bitch right yeah i <laughs> know um, oh, he wants to choke a bitch choke a bitch that's right well, I'm, glad, I'm glad we had this conversation yeah <laughs> um yeah so uh i guess what did you get what did you like learn from being like involved with like those two guys mm, yeah i learned uh from that i learned you know, their thing was dance like no one's looking. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really true. That's what they did. I mean, like when I'm saying like, I don't know what that right room looked like because they would be right. off different places doing that. That was, they were just, they were writing, you know, like they were doing their own thing and mm-hmm. they were, they stuck to what was, what they thought was funny. I mean, early on network notes were, you know, people had a lot of notes and um, eventually they stopped having these table reads and notes because the show was going so well. It just went away and they really, you know, they stuck it out on that. So I learned a lot of lessons that you can't use in Hollywood, (laughs) which are like, they were going to stick to their show. And, um, you like that black white supremacist sketch. Um, I, I, at one point the, the, um, comedy central wasn't sure if they should put it in the first episode. And I think it was those guys who were like, no, we're definitely, it needs to, that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it that's needs like, to be in the first show. That's like the thesis of the show. Right. Yeah. So, and I, and they wanted it to be like that type of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I learned really to stick with what you think is funny. Uh, and I, and I also saw other shows fall by the wayside at the same time. So, and they had taken the notes uh, of a lot of people and I, not a lot of people, I don't know, <laughs> they had, you know, this is sort of like, um, hearsay, but it was like, you know, sometimes playing, sometimes trying to do the right thing by other people, if it's against what it, you know, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt you in the end. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a good lesson to learn. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you sent me the essay that you wrote for, uh, XO Jane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is gone. Um, so maybe you can tell that story a little bit about, uh, Rick James. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, <laughs> Rick James came to set one day to do, um, uh, true Hollywood story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. True Hollywood stories. And, uh, he forgot the, <laughs> he forgot the words to, uh, super freak, which he wrote and was already a huge hit for many, many years. <laughs> and, uh, he wouldn't come out until we, had them on cue cards for him um and so that became my job that day was to uh look i had to look them up on the internet and instead of asking him he wrote it uh (laughs) and we write it on a giant size poster board not even like i don't i don't know how to do cue cards that's like a specialized skill and just write them out in black marker (laughs) while somebody was calling out you know um you know She's a super freak, super freak, super freak, you know, like over and over. Um, And just, I I stood like 10 feet from him, five feet, 10 feet. 
and just had to mouth the words to him as he was as he was performing them because he he needed them he He needed them yeah yeah it turned out like it turns out later that i think i i I, this i'm i'm not sure about Uh um i think he he had been sick before that Uh, so so it turned out there was the re but we we didn't know any of that stuff before it was just like this is my weird task today is to Mm -hmm. make sure rick james gets through super freak (laughs) right um I don't know. Is there anything? My it was just it was really uh, so surreal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the second season ends. Uh, the show is like the biggest show in America at that. Like pretty pretty big. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was like one of the biggest shows in America at the time. Uh, so then, what are you thinking? Like when when you hear like Chappelle like went to Africa and is like he doesn't really he doesn't want to come back and do another season. Well, we didn't really hear that he okay, went to yeah. Africa. Uh, oh, that's yeah. Yeah, we I, I I think we knew about three weeks before everybody else did. Mm-hmm. We knew he was. Yeah, we we <sighs> we knew he was gone before anybody said anything. Well, which is nobody said anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started knowing that they were. Uh, we knew that he wasn't there because in post you the tapes would come back from that day's shooting and he wouldn't be in them. So it was like we we knew that he wasn't going to set, um, but it hadn't really been announced and set people weren't saying anything. So it was sort of like, um, you know, just no information. And then then I think there was a day where we couldn't actually get to like you couldn't call back and forth between set. So we just he just wasn't there. So we didn't know for a while what would it happen. Like we I, I think, you know, we went through a lot of theories, like which was like maybe he was sick. Or maybe I don't know what, but we just that we didn't have any information. Um, so, yeah, and <laughs> I think then we found out. Then, uh, and it was about three weeks away from from the series premiere, I guess. Right. So it was like, yeah. So I just see, like you'd see in New York, you'd just see all these subway cars just plastered with um, you know his face, and it would be like. <laughs> You, like, you couldn't tell anybody that you're like, I don't know where he is. <laughs> I right. do not know where he is. Wow. Um, yeah. And then I, I guess when it broke, um, I just started watching like the news to find out if I should show up to work stuff. So because um, you didn't we didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, actually, we were like people. We were all worried about him. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Did you ever. uh I don't know. Do you ever get any like closure on that? On like anything about that? Gosh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. To have closure on it. I remember I listened to an interview once with uh, Neil Brennan, and he it was like a couple of years ago. So I think things have changed since then. But he like said he he never really talked to Chappelle again. Oh no, they. I think. They I think are. that was a while ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I you know like I don't know, but yeah. I think they do. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I I just remember I remember after Neil had said to me look if you're going to africa you have to call me okay (laughs) (laughs) like that was the deal but um yeah uh i don't know i i think um do i have closure on it i think i I obviously don't have a complete closure on it but Uh i but i understand that it's um it it must be so hard to get that famous that fast right and that's something i don't think you can understand unless it's you um especially with that show like being so i don't know personal i mean just being so like you know the thought like his thoughts and everything 
Yeah. Yeah. And then it has to be interpreted by like mass millions of people. Right. Yeah. Uh, it can be kind of crazy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think it's really, I think it's, it's tough. I think it was really hard to see people get cut right away from the, from that show. Um, and then just have it not, <laughs> not happen. Right. But I, he's, I mean, uh, he's really like a special and Neil too. Neil is a, you know, amazing. They're both just amazing comedians. I mean, I, I don't, I don't even need to, <laughs> it feels weird even saying that, but they're just, you know, whatever, but it, but it's, well, sorry. <laughs> I think I just don't want to sound silly talking about them because <laughs> yeah. it'd be like, uh, enough, enough. Yeah. But, um, what else? So, so after Chappelle show, uh, do you move to LA or are you still in New York for a little bit? I'm still in New York for okay. a little bit. I'm hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just hanging out. <laughs> so like after, uh, you know, like after Chappelle show, the thing I did immediately because it was a surprise that we were losing our jobs mm-hmm. uh, was because I was still looking for that series writing job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I submitted 110 ideas to Chabelle show mm-hmm. and, uh, there were, and I also, uh, you know, since that was not my, since I was not a writer on the show, um, I also said, please don't, you know, if you don't want to look at these, please, uh, I will not s- send you anymore. And Dave was like, yeah, we'll look at any, you know, I'll look at anything you write. So, uh, but I wasn't a writer and I was really hungry to do that. So I ended up in a, working for a puppet show in the Hamptons. Oh, wow. And I had to live in a dorm, in an abandoned dorm. So... What's an abandoned dorm like? It's so dumb. It's so dumb. (laughs) That was the kick. was like, oh, Chappelle show. And then you'd be like, okay, well, now I live in an... Okay, now I'm in a puppet show in the Hamptons. And I'm living with four other people. Like, you're living in a... I'm living in a dorm that's worse than when I was actually in college. Mm -hmm. I think it was in 30. I I think it was 30. But... um, yeah, so that's what I did next. If I if that show were in LA, I feel like they might have yielded some opportunities. <laughs> but that's what it yielded. <laughs> right. Was, yeah, writing for a bear and a bee and some other <laughs> people. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, that's, so yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I left that off my resume. That is not on the resume. <laughs> so, so, so when did you do important things with uh, Dimitri Martin? That was after that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What kind of, yeah. Was that, so was that in that was in New York still? That was in New York. Mm-hmm. So how'd you get hired uh, for that? That was I got hired off of a blind submission, um, where that means that you take your name, they take everybody's names off of the submissions, and then they they're picking people who aren't you know like they're not picking their friends, they're picking uh, the the best material. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I didn't know Dimitri at all. He picked it purely for material. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was super cool. When you were uh, writing that, did you were you writing that like having watched Dimitri Martin stand up, and then we're trying to kind of fit his style? Yes, mm-hmm. totally. And is that different from your own personal style? Would you say uh, they overlap? Okay, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But that was like you know, I feel like anytime you're writing for somebody where that show doesn't exist, you're you're pulling all the material. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get a chance to see the pilot. Oh, okay. uh, so that was helpful, but you also don't know if they're going to go that direction. They're not going to go to that direction, uh, or what. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
you know, uh, so it really is like a crapshoot. You are like, okay, well, I have the direct, I have the, I have the specs, and I don't know if that's what they're gonna, how this is gonna shape up, but um, yeah. So I looked at a lot of the specials, and it was really fun to write for him. I really, I really liked doing that packet, and I only had about a week to do it. Um, the writer strike was happening, and I got a call from my agent that was like, "Hey, <laughs> I hope you started that. Uh, I hope you started that because it's gonna be due in about five hours. Because if you don't get it in by midnight." It was on a Sunday and it was like, you know, for your agent to call you on a Sunday is really unusual. But, yeah. um, yeah. So basically he was like, you have to hand whatever you have in at midnight because it closes, um, right. you know, when this, that's happening. So luckily I had, I had done all this work up front and I felt really good about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody had seen it though. Like none of I hadn't sent it to friends to check it or, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, you get friends right. to like, look at your work. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that hadn't happened. Wow. So, uh, what was it like, like working there in that writer's room? Cause there was, uh, yeah, it was like John Benjamin was a writer mm-hmm. and then was Nathan Fielder a writer or, um, not on the first season. I can't, it might've been on the second. I think of a different show. I think he might've been an actor on it. Uh-huh. Um, that writer's room was really great because it was, um, it was just six writers, and uh, Michael Conan wow. was the head writer for that, who did Eagleheart, and mm-hmm. he was coming from Conan. Um, and uh, uh, the way that Dimitri had that room, I mean, A, I love uh, doing comedy that's not topical, like you're doing uh, Chairs, and that's your episode, and right, you're coming. Right. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was also like, you know, working from the top of your, you know, work from the top of your intelligence, and you could exhaust your pitch list. So, you know, we would have really long pitch sessions. And I think that's not what happens in other rooms is you're, you're going to, you're going for your, you know, your best two or something. And then you're, you know, I think there's more of a speed to it or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way that worked was just like, it was very, um, seemed very organic, Mm -hmm. I guess. And super fun. Uh, Yeah. Was it difficult? So each show had a theme. Was that uh, kind of easier to write for or or more difficult to write for? For me, it was easier. Yeah. Cause I like thinking in obtuse ways like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really refreshing too. After you do a lot of packets, right. every, almost everybody for short, shorter form stuff wants, um, topical material. So it's really pleasant to get away from topical material. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's sort of a ramp up period when you're away from, uh, you know, the news and then you're getting back into the news. Um, and you know, th- this is sort of evergreen. So I like that about it. Well, yeah, what's what's so remarkable about that show is that Dimitri is such like a very specific comedian, like no one really does anything like him. And that show, I guess that's why I had like such a small amount of writers, but that show is like so completely in his voice. Like, and it's it's so, yeah, and it's even in more of a way than a sh- than like a lot of other sketch shows. I think it's very unique and specific. Yeah, I I like that. His writers, I mean, like John Mulaney, mm-hmm. um, Dan Mintz. Mm-hmm. Um, uh scott sherman is at um john oliver mark rivers i'm forgetting somebody mm, there's somebody else yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's a really i mean it was a great group yeah uh so you wrote the the parking fight sketch yeah i co-wrote that co-wrote that uh which is i think it's like that's just a pure classic dimitri martin joke you know where it's like the dramatic irony of like the I guess, can you explain the sketch for people who haven't uh, seen it? Yeah, basically, it's two guys who are getting in a fight over parking space, which is a really New York thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one is backing in and one is trying to get in in the front and neither of them will back down. Um, and <laughs> so it gets, it escalates, um, you know, there's crowbars taken out and, uh, okay. then they, they back, back down, but you're getting like little blurps of information about like, you know, has a friendship bracelet or you're getting mm-hmm. little pieces of information. I'm now I'm making it completely unfunnying it up. Well, it's <laughs> hard to explain a sketch to anybody, but yeah, it's <laughs> so, just, yeah. It's just like the dramatic irony of it is what makes it really funny. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> um, and then Scott Sherman was the other writer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that was, uh, I mean, it's just a great, great show, fun show. And uh, yeah. It was. I feel like he has a lot of fans. Um, it's they. They're really fun. It's really funny when people pick that out and they want to mm-hmm. um, talk about that. Where it's like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so how was Dimitri Martin different from Chappelle and uh, <laughs> Daily Show? <laughs> I mean, obviously, personality-wise, um, a lot different. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, let's see. Well, and uh, John Stewart produced the. Um, Dimitri's show too. That was through oh, Busboy. Okay. Um, how are they different? Um, I think it was just different. Like Dave's show, you could they were really just unabashed. Like there were time, there were you know, like you would have jokes about, you know, you would have like doo-doo jokes, but then you'd right. have really smart jokes, and then you would have right. like it was really all over the all over the board and really. Um, in a great way mm-hmm. as uh and this one i would say you know it's more a little more intellectual um and obtuse and fun um but they're just it really is like what they're like as stand-up i mean what they're like as stand-ups they're the types of things that they're going to talk about you know like Demetrocles and things like that right. um are, it's just different than like dave right right, <laughs> just, right. um yeah i don't know i think i used to know i I think i had a better sense of it a while ago about how they're different but um yeah i I, Chappelle, they're just like gonna do what they're gonna do Mm -hmm. and there was a like play like playing nice with people was and i I mean executives or or people who are non-creative people uh, was not something that they were at all Mm-hmm. it just wasn't gonna happen like they were just like this is what our show is gonna be this is what we're passionate about blah 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 mm-hmm. um yeah so so after uh important things dimitri martin do you you stay in new york i stayed in new yeah. york and i did um i decided i wanted to do oh i made this little uh i i'm i like did this thing with for dan powell who's the ep at comedy central and mm-hmm. the, now the ep at amy schumer um I made like an animated thing called Entourage and it was Entourage with ants or whatever. And <laughs> okay. they like, so I, you know, that was cool because I got to do animating. Uh-huh. Um, and they gave me, I like, they gave me like 10,000 bucks to make like a five minute short. Oh, wow. And so that was really exciting to learn how to do all that uh-huh. stuff. Um, but, but Comedy Central could not, as on the whole, not Dan Powell was great, but um, on the whole, that was not when they wanted to do any type of women's material, women's commentary, anything. That was the age of entourage. People love entourage. Oh, I see. Okay. And so they were, they, you know, like that would have been like, um, they were, it was just meant they wanted men 18 to 24 humor. I see. So, yeah. uh, I got really tired of that mm. and I went to playwriting school. <laughs> I got into grad school at, um, new school. Oh, cool. um, so I did that instead for about two years, I think, unless I did something else and oh, before nice. then. But, um, 
yeah so that's what I because I was like you could do things like Beckett and you could have somebody submerged halfway up in Mm -hmm. mud for an entire play and uh it just seemed like um freeing from trying to trying to continue to to do that (laughs) would you would you say your playwriting um was it is it comedy or is it more drama based or like a mix i guess but yeah i would say i went in uh comedy Mm -hmm. um the school i went to was very drama okay uh uh so um what came out was a mix Mm -hmm. um and also i find that play i mean tell me what you think but i but uh, playwrights who are like, this is a funny play. Usually <laughs> you're like, what? This is not a funny play. <laughs> this is very sad. Like yeah. their gauge of what's funny is very different than mine. Uh, very different right. than mine usually. Well, I feel like most playwrights um, aren't funny. <laughs> well, just in general. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Except, uh, um, but they will like it if it's like um, the Book of Mormon. They'll be like, oh, it's so good. Right. Be like, if yeah. I tried to write that and hand it to you, you'd be like, <laughs> right. yeah. you'd be like, this looks sketchy to me. <laughs> um like i like um kenneth lonergan i really like his plays uh super funny guy <laughs> well <laughs> no, yeah like like well yeah i was thinking like this is our youth is, is a really good play and it's, it's kind of funny but yeah. most of the jokes a lot of the jokes are really bad yeah i would say well i'm not i haven't seen that one but yeah. i uh but yeah just the sense that we play like it seems like playwrights what they've it's it's so opposite. Sometimes I'll be like, that play was so sad. Somebody will be like, this is hilarious. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah. like I feel crazy. <laughs> like the comedy, the com- uh-huh. you know, improv. And I think where you were when you first started training somewhere is where you, where, you know, how you're kind of hardwired. So for me, that would have been IO mm-hmm. um, when I was 20. So it was like, that's where I'm always going to revert back to mm-hmm. is even with however many tools, I'm always going to be improv friendly. I'm always going to be actor friendly and I'm always going to lean towards comedy, even if I know how to do, um, you know, really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Greek drama. Mm-hmm. So. so so what do you like writing more? Plays or sketches or scripts? Screenplays um, or TV? Oh, wow. Right now, right now, I really like um, writing movies and TV. Mm-hmm. Um, sketches, I, I, I just feel like I've, I've done them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah so that's what i'm enjoying is writing the longer Mm -hmm. the longer stuff or writing series you know writing Mm -hmm. writing things that i want to become series right and around about this time you started teaching at the pit right the people's improv theater i did yeah yeah Yeah. i did (laughs) that was me that was me (laughs) forgot yeah i started teaching at io uh because i felt like i had this sort of reservoir of information about like late night tv shows so even though um, I've written more sketch than I have for late night. I've, I've been up at the finals or I've written, you know, I've done daily show stuff. So it was like not many people at the time knew what those submission requirements were, nor kind of how to go about getting things who weren't, who weren't agented. Um, and that's changing and that's really cool, but it was like, how do I do that? And, you know, unless you had an in like Chicago or Harvard or whatever else, um, agented unless you were agented it was much harder to get in and i thought that that wasn't fair you know like you might have better material but you don't have an agent and that that was sort of like and then especially women um just there just aren't a lot (laughs) in you know in that field so and i kept hearing like i can't find we can't find any women um and it was like that's impossible because most of the people you know like most of my female friends are awesome writers and um I need to just like get these tools in people's hands or at least like let them know what I've gone through 
to, um, you know, to apply so that they don't spend like, you know, probably about five years of doing that. They can do, they can start from a different place, you mm-hmm. know, was sort of why I started doing that. And you teach that class still today at IO West. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to start doing it again. I teach it sporadically at IO West okay. and I also do private teaching. So, mm-hmm. um, but I do, you know, like I do have a thing where it's like, if you're actually like applying to the show, I won't like, it's really just for yeah. beginners mm-hmm. uh, and pe- you know, like people could come into that class and, uh, if they've done, I had somebody who had been on Arsenio Hall and I was like, what are you doing in here? But oh, really wow. he just wanted to, um, he wanted to know how to do a packet where he didn't already know how to you know know how to know a friend on the show mm-hmm. or something so it was like great well you're just sort of like you know he's just gonna cycle through and do you know do more material mm-hmm. which is totally cool but but it is like yeah you only you want to set people up and then let them practice because mm-hmm. you know i think that benefits shows if they practice what do you think what do you think of like the state of late night right now hmm Mm, I think it's great. I mean, mm-hmm. I think like, you know, John Oliver and Sam B and, uh, you know, those are totally, those are all voices that are, uh, need to be heard. And I love that they're unabashedly taking those angles. And, um, you know, I think it's, I think the, you know, the post daily show, like all these, you know, children of daily show or something, I'm, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what makes like a good monologue joke? In your opinion. Oh, gosh, that's so hard. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know yeah. how to answer that because uh, I only think of it in terms of hosts. I actually don't think of it oh, in okay. terms Interesting. of like I'm only like like I will only break it down to um, because it's different than like my original writing works completely differently. Like I would be like I would answer it completely differently oh, as far as like for a class for um, the way I teach the class is sort of through people through each host's voice, which is oh, not what okay. a lot of people I don't, not a lot of people teach it, but, but mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't like to teach these general jokes. I like to teach people to, um, think of the point of view of a host and how they're going to, you know, maybe how, you know, what topics are they going to cover and how are they going to cover mm-hmm. them? Cause I think that gives you, I, I think that gives you understanding and then an edge. Right. And definitely. Like, yeah. And how you're going to, you know, I don't know. I think it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like, I like approaching it that way. Mm-hmm. So you've been, uh, mm-hmm writing and directing short films and yeah. and you've been and now you've, you're working on a feature film right yes yeah i'm an early i mean like i i guess working on is like uh it's done i have a producer uh-huh. um and now it's in that process of like uh turning along <laughs> yeah. so that's yeah that's exciting yeah uh so is it is it a comedy it's a I hate to say dramedy, but it's, oh, that's a dramedy. It's a, a dramedy. comma. It's a comma. It's a comma. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how how is like, I mean, I guess so. You've got like a really wide range of experiences doing sketch, uh, late night, and pl- even playwriting. So is, how is that like culminated for this big feature project? I would say the feature is that this was the first screenplay that I wrote. Um, mm-hmm and it's done well but it's it's also like really it's through playwriting that i'm able to do it um but and i think i don't want to i don't know if i can tell i don't know what i can tell you when oh, i can't you don't tell need you. to say anything okay. specific but okay uh how's that culminated in this thing um yeah it really took all different types of writing to be able to write this because it's a funny person um dealing with a sad situation 
So it's something where, and this next, I'm actually writing another screenplay right now um, before I'm getting that, you know, before I'm getting that one made. And it's the same thing. It's really the synth. What's happening now is sort of the synthesis between um, jokes and uh, just, you know, drama, structure, um, real life, and things that I think will, what's happened is, there's joke writing, which is amazing when you get it right and it's super fun. But then it also, there's a point where you're like, I need something to be meaningful. <laughs> yeah. And I also think we're at a, I, I tend to think we're at a point where everybody's kind of like looking for meaning. Um, and I don't like to particularly cry at movies, but also um, I can, you know, like I like, let's see, let me take it from this way. <laughs> it's just, I, I think people appreciate when you are trying to reach out to them in comedy or drama and just like uh respect their experiences and that they are being spoken to and that they're like i i know what that feels like i know what that is and then you're also like not being like it doesn't have to be uh it doesn't have to be a mm, yeah, terrible dra- you know it doesn't have to be sappy drama or one that's really i hate uh i hate sad movies that are really pulling at your heartstrings in the in a really manipulative way mm-hmm. I really like ones that are like, this thing sucks and it really sucks and you kind of know what it's like and also these funny things and also, you know, so kind of that soup. I would say that uh, things things that are sort of inspiring to me are like uh, Tig Notaro and Donald Glover, um, you know, better things. Um, these things that are kind of mixing. I think there's really room to do that um, and I really hope that a lot of places are embracing that because... Uh, I think it's more complex and people are ready for that. And also mm-hmm. people deserve that because it is like, I think there's sort of an emptiness with just uh, hitting one note. Right. So, and I think that's, I don't know, you can do that, but I think that's just, you know, that's a mimicking skill <laughs> of like funny, 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 done. And sometimes it's really great and fun and cool. Um, but there's so much of it that I think there's room to be like, you know, like, like you feel at the end of watching Atlanta or like you feel when you're watching something where you're like, oh, cool. I got, you know, I got something out of that. Um, that's kind of the stuff that I'm, I'm interested in. I mean, I mean, employment wise, sure. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever we got. Whatever we got. But as far as me pushing my own stuff, I, uh, I really try to uh, do something unique and different and, um, uh, that's that people will find like oh my gosh I didn't even I didn't even think of that I didn't know that this cool and also I I felt like that mm-hmm. yeah that's a great answer oh thanks <laughs> uh okay last question so you've lived in Chicago New York and Los Angeles where would you say is the best place for like a young person to go I guess you kind of answered you said Chicago maybe well that was uh let's see a young person to go to do what to do comp to do comedy, to do comedy. and comedy writing I guess well I'm not sure I'm the best person to, uh-huh. but I will. Okay. But no, I will be. I, I will be the best person. <laughs> um, well, I wonder if you don't have to, I wonder if you do have to go to one of these places now because online, you know, because you can be online. I wonder if you can just live in Minneapolis, put up a, put up a show, uh, you know, put up a show online. And if it's great, people will find it. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I don't know that, you know, I, I'm not an expert on that stuff, so I'm not sure, but it does seem more, possible than ever to be able to um you know i'm from north carolina and one of the you know it i like it there (laughs) and Mm -hmm. maybe now would be like a time where you could make your own show there and get exposure or get experience Mm -hmm. um 
but yeah, I don't know where you should go now. Um, I think you could get something from any of these places now because they all kind of have, you know, uh, UCB is at both places, you know, UCB is New York and LA. I always in Chicago, you know, like you can, I think you can get a lot of things, a lot of different places. Um, that's not just being like vague, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but I do think you can, I mean like Austin might have, you know, you might come out of Austin and, or Portland or mm-hmm. a lot of people come out of Boston. So it is like, I think it's, it's a different thing. It's not, it, you, and it's so big. I mean, I can't even believe how huge the comedy community is mm-hmm. now. Okay. So we're going to wrap up with you giving your thoughts on some monologue jokes that I wrote. So you can, maybe, you can, maybe now <laughs> okay. you can get into what's a good monologue right. joke. Okay. Uh, I wrote these for like, there's a show at the pack theater. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know. Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, President Donald Trump, who ate Domino's KFC and McDonald's during the campaign has decided to stop eating fast food. He's also forced Taco Bell to pay for the wall. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, this is what I, I'm not okay. looking at it. So let's see. Um, you, you uh, want to take a look at it? Yeah. It's the bottom. All right. I don't know. Let's see. Donald Trump. I would take out president or Donald. And, you okay. Know, make those yeah. words shorter. Uh, I'd say, do you need, do you need ta- Domino's, KFC and McDonald's? Do you even need that? Uh, oh, that's a good Donald's, point. Yeah. yeah. Donald Trump has decided to stop eating fast food. He's also, you know, oh, I may miss it. Let's first talk about the paper wall. I wouldn't do this one. <laughs> yeah. This one. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll do I'll do one more instead oh. of three just to okay. for time. Um, I'm gonna read the last. Oh gosh. Okay. Uh, after can I read it? Yeah, okay. sure. After the super, you're, you prefer me not to. No, no, it's okay. fine. It's fine. Uh, after the Super Bowl, Donald Trump called the Patriots to congratulate them. Meanwhile, the Falcons called Hillary Clinton to get directions through the woods she's been living in since November. Right. I should have let it. That was a good one, actually. Yeah, yeah. you should start like that. I think I would just hear that one out loud and see if it gets um, traction with friends and if there's any way to. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I would just see if that. That one's definitely the one that I like the best yeah. out of those three. Uh, and if there's any words that you need to lose in there, right, then right. You'll, you'll hear it and telling it to people over and over yeah. again. Cause, so I would just like, I would say uh-huh. it out loud a couple more times is what I would do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I okay, like the cool. idea. I really like the idea. Of that. All right, cool. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I have something called One Frame Films that is really silly that I need to uh, get out, and it's going to be an Instagram project, um, and it's really uh, an entire movie in one frame. And oh wow, yeah. So it's just like so that's the premise. So I've been writing a bunch of them, and also I guess the idea is that I'm I've had hundreds of them. And now I'm going to share them. Oh wow! So um, that's so that's what I'm working on. Do you have um, an Instagram handle for that yet? Or I do. Um, I think it's just One Frame Films. Okay, cool. I like that. I, it sounds like a huge operation where I'm like, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know. Uh, let me ask the like. Let me ask the spot. Like it's just me. Uh, but it cracks me up, and uh, I've I've I'm doing a couple of. Uh, dry runs because yeah. I could, it's like nothing could be easier than instagram mm-hmm. and i'm doing a couple dry runs <laughs> but um i would love for people to go check that out because i think that's gonna be fun and um my twitter handle is um at snowpants okay great thanks for coming on the show thanks for having me thank you so much for no, having me. Great. thanks for listening to this episode of on comedy writing i want to thank nick doss for supplying the sweet tunes zachary glassman for providing this awesome logo and justin Arbabi for producing the whole show Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, and like and follow on Comedy Writing on Facebook and Twitter. See you next week.